0: Hey besties, welcome to Sunshine and Rainbows podcast, a space where we chat about moments when life isn't. I'm your host, Amanda, and I cannot wait to get into this important conversation with our next guest, Jamie. Before we get into this powerful conversation about mental health, I do wanna give a courtesy trigger warning to all of our listeners. We cover topics such as self-harm, drugs, and suicide ideation. Listener discretion is advised. Awesome. Well, hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for reaching out and agreeing to be a guest on Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. I am so excited to have you. It's so great to meet you and honestly to meet another local Tampa creative and, you know, someone who lives here and is in the mental health space and doing some pretty big things. <laughs>
1: So nice to meet you too, thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course, so I'm gonna give you an opportunity just to introduce yourself to our audience and anyone that wants to know all about you.
1: Sure, so I'm Jamie McPeak, as Amanda said. And yes, I'm a Tampa local here, but I perform all around Florida as well as I performed up in Georgia, Atlanta, and uh, New York. I love performing, it is my life, I grew up with it. I started dancing and then got into musical theater and then got into film acting and then kind of hand in hand came modeling with that. And then I finally branched out into filmmaking. So I am making my directorial debut, hopefully soon. I'm in the pre-production of a film that I'm directing. So I'm just the I'm just a person who loves performing with all
0: that I got. <laughs> That is so cool. And to be so multifaceted like that, not only acting, but performing and now branching into this whole new realm. Do you find that it takes like a different part of you, a different part of your talent and ability to do all of those things? Or did it just come supernaturally to you?
1: honestly it it all came pretty natural Uh, i was always naturally with dance i always had like very good musicality and rhythm and was always naturally flexible which was nice um yeah and then (laughs) i always just i always like my my family members would joke around when i was like four or five saying like oh she needs to be on a stage and then you know at 13 is when i started going on stages and it was all very natural with film acting it was at first different because you know stage is so big and everything is out to the audience in the back row and then film it's like you know cameras right here and it sees everything so at, at first yeah. i was like this in front of the camera because i didn't want to move <laughs> <laughs> um but then after i got the hang after i got the hang of it i was i found it to be it was actually film acting was actually a really incredible outlet for me with with um you know my anxiety and ocd because i could kind of transform into a different person. And that was a really great outlet. And then I found all the nuances with film and it just loved it, loved it. Um, so basically, yeah, they all they all fortunately came pretty naturally to me. Film acting just took that little, how do I not be big, but be small at the same time? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, it makes complete sense when you say it like that. I actually have a background in dance as well too. And I don't think I could ever do the film acting side of things, because you're right, I grew up being big mm-hmm. and loud and huge, just projecting, you know, to the back row of the audience. So yeah, it's a complete different ball It makes park. so much sense. <laughs> mm-hmm, it is. So that being said, what made you so interested in wanting to go behind the camera and writing, producing, and directing film?
1: Yeah, I never expected myself to do it. Um, I... I'm a very creative person obviously and i'm always i kind of grew up always having like stories in the back of my mind and i would kind of grow up like acting scenes with my like when i ever like i i've spent a lot of time in the car with traveling so i to keep myself from going insane in the car i would kind of just act against myself and like create these scenarios and and everything and i started thinking about this certain idea which turns into the to the actual film that i am directing and it kind of stuck with me whereas the other ones are kind of like one and done this one kind of stuck with me Mm -hmm. and but i didn't like think much of it until i had a friend who had just moved to atlanta georgia and i was planning on moving there before you know the pandemic hit and i was yeah and i I, (laughs) that thing we don't talk about that thing but Uh, No, (laughs) but I had called him because I wanted to get some advice on moving because, you know, I still do plan on moving out of Florida and branching into one of, you know, the bigger cities and, you know, called him just asking for some advice. And he said, he said, you know, honestly, one of the best advices I could give you is to create your own content. And I was like, that was like the light bulb. That was the light bulb that kind of went off. And then luckily my, my friend has a degree in screenplay writing. So I reached out to her. I'm like, I have an idea for a film. And then basically it all just took off from there. It was a very, it wasn't like a buildup. It kind of was just like a, he said that the light bulb hit and then it went.
0: (laughs) Zero to 100. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Now you mentioned the film. I want to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about it and why you would be talking about it on a mental health podcast.
1: Yeah. So the film is called Flip of a Coin and it deals with mental health that's mm-hmm. why i am here <laughs> and it so luckily i have a family of lawyers and i have the whole film the script copyrighted so i can actually talk
0: about this oh so, okay and, yes. and if you don't want to talk about it that's totally fine too you can just give us like a synopsis of it you don't have to. yeah well, i
1: can give a little bit more more in depth Luckily, that's the perk of growing up with a film. <laughs> my dad's a lawyer, my aunt, my uncle, my other uncle, my cousin, like we're all they're all lawyers. And then there's me who's in entertainment. But, you know, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, the film. So it centers around. I grew up with really severe obsessive compulsive disorder, which disclaimer, it is not just being clean and tidy. I yeah, no, people so much. very
0: much overgeneralize OCD. And on a previous episode, I talked with one of my best friends about how saying OCD flippantly really just diminishes the experience of people that actually have it. It really does. Mm -hmm. And the media does not help that. Um, so
1: I grew up with a lot of, yeah, demons, like demons, a lot of inner demons growing up. And, but on the outside, I was always very bubbly and positive and like free spirited. So when I did eventually tell some of my friends, they were all in shock, obviously, they never thought that Mm -hmm. I could be dealing with that because I've gone through some really dark moments in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the movie kind of focuses on this like two-way view. So the, the first half of the film, you see this girl who is loosely, I'm saying loosely because, you know, just like her um, like she's smart, she's popular, she gets good grades. Like that, that's how I was growing up. So she's yeah. loosely based on, on me in that way. So you go, you go through, you follow this girl, Stephanie's day. Um, she goes to school, you know, she, again, like I said, she's popular, gets good grades, has, you know, a group of friends, has a loving boyfriend. Uh, she, later on, she goes to a party and, you know, is supposedly having, you're seeing it, her from society's point of view. Wow. So you're seeing, yeah, so you're seeing how much fun she's having. She will sometimes get like withdrawn and she'll sometimes like go to the bathroom for like 20 minutes at a time and no one really knows what she does in there. But she's like, oh, my stomach just hurts. Like, don't worry about it. You mm. know, brushing it off. Um, you see that her parents are very supportive of her. She's applying to Ivy League schools. And so you see everything from the external point of view. And then at the end of the first half, she goes in her room and commits suicide. And wow of course watching that you're like what you know like Mm. what just happened so then what i wanted to show with this is the second half of the movie she wakes up and relives the day however this time you're seeing it just through her eyes so you're seeing how i know
0: (laughs) how powerful
1: yeah i really wanted to like show people the how you how when you deal with these demons you see the world through a broken lens in in a way and you know like with me people could tell me something but i would internalize it completely different and then like my obsessional thinking would just start building all these scenarios in my head so that's kind of what it shows in the second half is you know her questioning what everyone's saying to her and it does show the bathroom scenes and what she does in the bathroom and it does show like how long it took her to get ready for the party and all the crying that happened while she Mm. was getting ready and um And then the the third, like the the ending, like the last, you know, 20 20 minutes or so does show the reality that, you know, unfortunately she lost her life and is then the last, you know, 20 minutes is really honing in on the fact to reach out, to talk about it, to not suffer in silence and, and to not be broken by the stigma that's behind it. Yeah. So my movie obviously is, is, is aimed towards all kinds of people, people who do have mental health problems to realize they're not alone. And then people who don't have it to also try to educate them. Cause I think that's what we're missing a lot is that education behind mental illness.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness, Jamie, that is so powerful. That <laughs> Thank you. an incredible story that I think, like you said, either people with mental health issues, like you and I, or people who don't have them or don't think they have them. And that's the yeah. thing is, especially with the year that we just went through and are still literally living through right now, I personally don't have a single friend that isn't on antidepressants or isn't on anti-anxiety medication, but no one really talks about it, which is why I think it's so important that you are getting out there and sharing your story and inspiring others, hopefully, (laughs) with this film, you know, to talk about it and know that life is a higher light reel, but it shouldn't have to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. especially you know with the social medias and stuff where you only see people's highlight reels and you don't see everything else behind it I think that can be really toxic for our generation and the generation growing up with it Mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's a message I think really needs to be heard I did I, I I did so much research about mental health and I think it was a 64% of people don't get help solely because of the stigma. Mm -hmm. And that was just heartbreaking to me. Because I know what it's like when I first, because when I was, uh, I think, I'm 22 now. And I first kind of like came out openly about what I deal with when I was 19. Mm -hmm. But everything up till then was only like close friends and family and i remember i am a i'm a performer at at bush gardens or i, I was before COVID hit mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and i remember when i first was posting about this film idea that i had and posting my battles my first thought process before i hit you know the post button was i'm afraid that bush gardens is going to fire me i'm afraid oh. they're going to think i'm afraid they're going to think that i'm unreliable or or just going to flake out on them like I I was so worried that they were going to fire me up and I shouldn't have to worry about that
0: right because it's it's not your fault and that's one thing that we've covered in many of the episodes I feel like almost every episode I talk about it is that it's just a chemical imbalance in your brain that you were born with or something traumatic happened it's your body's way of coping and trying to save you and that's why you develop these things and Just like someone who has diabetes should take medication to fix that, so should we who have mental health issues. And it shouldn't have that stigma. Just like you take Advil for an ouchie, (laughs) you know, like just (laughs) like, you know, you're sore. I'm almost 30. I take Advil frequently, more frequently than I like to. But I know that when I take my depression, anxiety medication, like I'm a better me and I'm more human and more able to show up for my loved ones, my family members, my friends, my community, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great way of putting it because people don't judge you if you take Advil or ibuprofen right. or whatever you take. I mean, I get chronic migraines. Mm. I mean, due to due to my OCD, I get chronic migraines, yeah. but I take ibuprofen and that's fine. But then right when I say I take like, you know, an anti or an SSRI, you
0: know, <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that being said, what role do you think mental health plays in anyone being successful? We kind of covered that pretty much a lot of people have mental health issues, whether they've been diagnosed or haven't been diagnosed. What do you think, like recognizing that has, does that have any role in being successful, you think? You mean successful in like stigma wise or? Just in coping with life and especially in what you do do you think recognizing that you had those mental health issues helped you be more successful
1: yeah yeah um you know again for so long I didn't understand I mean I still I guess I still don't I still don't really understand my brain and and why it thinks the way it does but one amazing quality of my particular um, obsessive compulsive disorder is that it has made me so extra motivated to the point where I do not stop unless, you know, I am where I want to be because I'm so used to my internal world tearing me down that I'm not gonna let something that I can control in my external world do the same. So it's definitely made me um, as successful as I am in my industry and career at such a young age. I've done, you know, honestly a lot, which I, kind of fail to see because of course my mind's like you could do more
0: (laughs) but um
1: so I think I've definitely and again it was around 19 where I kind of really accepted the fact that this is who I am and I can't change it but I can learn how to use it to better myself and that was a really hard Mm -hmm. thing to do because up until you know 18 I if you know I would always say if I had the option to go back in time I would I wish I would never be born because I hated I hated living the way I was Mm. living like even though I was doing what I was doing and again I was popular and had friends and yada yada I hated I hated my mind and then it was really at 19 uh, that I just kind of realized you know what I cannot change this this is who I am and how can I how can I move on like not move on from it but um, move on with it and Mm. So I think I think really digging down and finding that inner acceptance is so important, like as the most important thing that you can do if you're dealing with something like this, because if you don't accept yourself, then I mean, it just makes everything else 20,000 times harder. And I know that might sound cliche, but it, it really you don't have to love that part of yourself. But you have to accept it mm-hmm. and so i i think you know that was super important and then i think mm-hmm. talking about you know again talking about it is also going to help with su- the success of it too because when you again when you bottle it in and you you feel isolated you feel like you're alone you feel like you can't open up and you feel trapped and everything and then if we encourage talking about it more then you won't hopefully it won't feel that way. And you can relate to people and you can, you know, bounce ideas off each other. Like, oh, well, this really helped me when I was in this time of my life. And then, you know, I have a support group based on my movie on Facebook. And that's one thing that we do. We bounce, you know, ideas off each other. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I just think we have a long way to go with actually talking about it to be really successful with with that in general.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think I love personally about your journey that one, you recognized it. Two, you made a decision about how you're going to handle it. And then three, instead of just keeping that to yourself, you're using your platform and your career that you've established to help other people. And that is so incredible. You're not keeping it to yourself. You're telling people, you're trying to normalize it so there isn't that stigma so that you can help someone just like you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I'm really happy I'm really happy with what I'm doing because I really I really wanted to reach as many people as it can. I I really do because it's it's so important because I again I, and as I've grown up and as I've talked about it more, I get like you said I've realized how many people suffer too mm-hmm. that
0: you would never know. So, with you being an actor and being in the performing space, how do you protect your energy when you possibly feel like you're constantly on like on camera on stage do you find yourself having to draw boundaries or what do you do to protect like you it's a good question
1: <laughs> <laughs> well when I am on on stage or on camera again that is my complete outlet so I whatever I'm feeling prior to being on again on film or on stage I just use that for my performance in all honesty and that's been such a saving grace for me um but there is definitely a pressure because even when you're not on you're on you know with especially with again like social medias which i i made the i made the choice in no it was recent it was like six months ago, I would say that I made the choice that social media was just so bad for my mental health. I, I couldn't stand the algorithms and having to like, like so many posts and comment on so many posts to get that in return. Like to me, that's just BS. And Mm -hmm. it was just so it wasn't worth what it was doing for my mental health. So I just, you know, I, I go on Instagram to promote what I'm doing and to share what I'm doing, but that's it. I don't scroll anymore because I don't, that feeling of having to be, you know, like, I don't want to say two-faced, but almost like two-faced, like you comment on on someone's photo just so you can get that feedback too. I just, I couldn't do that anymore. So, you know, I made that choice to to be off from that and disconnect that so i go on like i said to promote i go on facebook for my support group and i go on facebook for casting calls but besides that i i don't i don't do that anymore and that was a really big thing for me because the pressures of social media were adding so much that it didn't need to be added so that was a huge thing that i did to kind of alleviate that feeling of always having to be like on and on top of things. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's the advice I would give to you know, anyone if you find something that is stressing you out like that, you know, you you have that choice and you have that power to to switch it off. Yeah,
0: that's so perfect. That was literally my next question (laughs) is what advice do you have for other aspiring actors or performers so that they can protect their longevity in the field?
1: Yeah, so definitely what I just said, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, check. <laughs> yeah, check that
1: one off the list. Yeah, uh-huh. um, oh, gosh, uh, this industry, this industry, if if you don't have a mental health issue can cause anxiety. I mean, it is stressful. I mean, I love it, but it is stressful. So I, I would say, you know, allow, allow yourself to take breaks, allow yourself um i'm still working on that too allow yourself to have you time whatever that is and also realize that this industry is so full of rejection
0: Mm.
1: and i mean i know this is a cliche but for every thousand knows you here maybe even ten thousand knows you're here you'll get that one yes and you know, again, if you do already deal with mental health problems, that can be really hard. So because it makes you feel like you're not good enough. But just realize that it's all it's also a lot of times it's not based on talent. It's based on how you look, if you look the right part, if they want someone taller, if they want someone shorter, if you want someone more athletic built. Mm. you know, there's so many things right. that that play into it. That isn't just your actual talent, unfortunately. Right, yeah. right.
0: There's so many other factors before you even enter the room.
1: Mm-hmm. So many, and then I get the final thing that I would say in terms in terms of performing is that, oh my gosh, no, don't lose it. Oh, uh, don't <laughs> is don't settle for a part. If if there's for for example, you know, I love dancing is my main passion when it comes to like theme park performing. I'll do like, sometimes I'll do like improv actor roles, but when it comes to, you know, like live entertainment and theme park, it's, I love dancing. So, you know, if I get offered a role that is something different, don't, don't just take it to take it. Um, if you're really not going to be happy in that role, don't settle for something, you know, go after what you want.
0: Mm. Um,
1: my only exception for that would be if it's like a huge company that, that could possibly get you an in with but you know if it's if it's not and you just want to work but they didn't give you the part that you wanted i would you know stand up for yourself for sure. yeah
0: know your worth know what you deserve exactly for sure. mm. i love that jamie that was all incredible advice and honestly i don't think it only pertains to performers no. at all i think that <laughs> pertains to everyone which is amazing that it's so universal yes Wow! <laughs> oh, this has me so excited for your film and just to follow you along, like follow along with you on your journey and your platform. And I said, I know you said you're not using social media except to promote, but just to keep following your journey there. Yeah, and have you navigate, you know, an authentic side of social media?
1: Exactly, exactly. And I have the the flip of a coin uh, Instagram page. I do use more because I try to. I use that more, you know, I post inspirational things. I post updates on, on what's going on on my end and I'll post promotional things on that. So that's more active because I know that again, that's my way of helping the community and helping people who are struggling. So yeah.
0: that's incredible. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your heart and your story and your journey. and exciting new things that are coming up for you i do want to give you an opportunity to tell everyone when they can look out for the film where they can find you on social all the things like that
1: yeah so i'm on social it's just my if you just look up my name which is it has a unique spelling J A I M I, and then m-c-p-e-e-k and that's you know come up on facebook or instagram uh football coin so right now i'm in I'm still kind of in like the pre-production phase. Okay. So I'm trying, you know, before COVID, I was doing pretty well. I have a GoFundMe for the page and I was or the movie and I was doing pretty well. And then of course COVID hit and everything yep. shut down. And then I had people like coming at me and in December of twenty twenty saying is this film still happening? Because if not, I want my money back. I'm like, (gasps) the whole world shut down. Like, what do you want me to do? (laughs) So it was a very frustrating time. So now you know, I'm using now that the world is starting to come back, I'm, you know, trying to get that momentum back with it. So if you do want to check out the actual GoFundMe that has my entire story on it, as well as again, a reiteration of why I'm making the film, it's GoFundMe.com and then it's flip of a coin film, But it has a dash in between each word, like flip dash of dash a dash dash, coin film. Yeah, perfect.
0: Um, And I will link all of that in the episode notes for anyone who's like frantically writing that down. Yeah, it's perfect. (laughs) And
1: then I'm also and then flip of a coin is also on on Facebook and Instagram. I don't like Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) You said no. (laughs) Yeah, no. I tried it. Did not like it. Um, So that's everything. Flip of a coin film. If you want to find it. And then, like I said before, I also do have a support group for it. And if you type in Flip of a Coin, it will pop up. But it is called Flip of a Coin Support Group. It's all called Flip of a Coin. And I just say really quick for it. And the reason why it's called Flip of a Coin is because you know coins have two sides, and one is the side that you see, and the other side is the side that you don't see. So
0: it all it all kind of fits in. (laughs) I love that. I really do love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on again. Like this was such an incredible conversation just to learn more about you and your heart and your story. And you're just, you're a light. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs>
1: thank you so much. This is amazing. You're awesome. I love your your whole energy. and. Oh,
0: thank you. Wow. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for listening to yet another amazing conversation started here on sunshine and rainbows podcast. Each week, I am literally blown away by the voices and stories shared here. The goal is to amplify others experiences in hopes that someone listening out there feels that much less alone. Thank you again to Jamie for not only sharing her story about her own mental health journey, but also spreading such a powerful message to the world via her film, flip of a coin now if you'd like to share your own story with our audience about how you've overcome something in your life or maybe want to start an important conversation that needs to be heard please send us an email at hello at thatmandagirl.com. also next week is our 20th episode tune in because it's going to be very different very special and very candid i'll see you next week besties